Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. What does it mean to find your limits? And then, how do you structure your life and your business to live within those? Today, Jessica Stavros, owner of Salina Prosper Pet Sitting, joins the show to talk about how to stay balanced and sustainable as a solo pet sitter, how to say no without feeling guilty, and how we can actually go about setting those healthy boundaries and planning our own lives. Let's get started. Thank you for having me today. Um, I am a longtime fan of the podcast, so I'm thrilled to uh, to be able to to have a, a little bit of time um, to join in. Um, so my name is Jessica Stavros. I am the owner and operator, currently solo, of Salina Prosper Pet Sitting. Um, I cover two towns in the North Dallas suburbs of Salina, Texas and Prosper, Texas. Um, so I am currently solo. I have had staff in the past. I may have staff again, but I have found for this current life season of being right smack in the middle of raising kids, solo works for me because I can best manage a one-person schedule rather than a team schedule. Um, So I do a blend of midday dog walks. I do um, vacation drop-ins, and I uh, have a handful, maybe 10 or so overnight clients. Um, I do not offer boarding in my home. Um, I have a, um, one dog who would not be a fan of that. Um, but, um, I have been in the industry for a very long time. Um, I launched my first pet sitting business when we lived in Houston 19 years ago. Um, so that was 2004. And, um, over the years I have accordioned back and forth. Um, the first five years were going and going full steam, um, me and five staff members and just work, 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 work. Um, it was fantastic, especially since the industry was younger then. Um, it was just great to get in there and, and, um, experience firsthand what a great, um, legit full-time career this can be. Um, But once my children came along, I really um, could not sustain that pace and uh, nor did I want to. And um, so I cut way back and uh, we also had a move in there. And um, I really feel like I've been able to have the best of both. When my kids were little bitty, I was able to focus mostly on um, on the pleasure of being a stay at home mom. Um, but I also did some independent contractor work. Um, you know, when you are home with three little bitty kids, a, it feels great to have an opportunity to get out of the house a little bit. Um, so I did a little bit of independent contractor work. Um, I had a few, uh, just a small manageable, uh, client load of, um, neighbors and church friends, um, you know, kind of one of those, once people find out you're a pet sitter, you are never lacking for work. Um, but I was able to keep it very manageable. And of course I always maintained my insurance during that time because I would never, ever imagine pet sitting without insurance. Uh, One of the things that you mentioned there of you're kind of in this, this current life season, raising kids, solo is best for you. Uh, That may seem counterintuitive to some people who would think, well, why wouldn't you want a team to be doing visits so that you don't have to be out doing that? Kind of walk us through your your thought process and how you've arrived at what's working best for you right now. Sure, sure. And I absolutely uh, think the team model has, um, has a lot of advantages. I really think there are pros and cons to both. Um, I have been in that situation, having employed a team in the past where um, you are coming up to a major holiday and it is, it is booked full to the brim and suddenly three of your five people drop out. Um, I have had those nightmare schedules land in my lap. Um, so really for me right now, I feel like, and it's just, I think it's just my own personality. Um, I know that I am not going to flake on myself and, um, I really don't want to be in a spot where I am managing high turnover and have this, impossibly full schedule and I'm scrambling to, um, scrambling to hire. Um, so 
I have, um, for right now, I take what makes sense for me and my family. And um, I have just gotten really good at using that no muscle. And, <laughs> um, and I think that's for me, that is just how I um, have maintained my sanity and stayed um, joyful in this business year after year. I can take what I can take. And then when I'm full, full means full, no means no. And um, I try to offer referrals to local colleagues when um, when they have the availability. I think it's essential to establish good, friendly relationships with your local colleagues and not view them as competitors, but they absolutely are your colleagues and your allies. Um, So um, that is um, what I try to do. But at the end of the day, if I am full, I have politely said no. Um, My colleagues are equally booked. Sometimes, you know, the client will figure it out and the world will keep on turning. They're not going to get angry there. We we go through all these emotional what if responses that the client probably is the client is fine. They will figure it out. So um, just really um, managing not having an emotional reaction to when it's time to say no, no is no. And um, you do reach a point, especially with with kids that. Um, it's simply not worth it to squeeze in one or two or three extra clients at the, at the expense of completely sacrificing your family schedule. Yeah. You, you mentioned in there that you can take what makes sense to you. Uh-huh. And, and I think that that is incredibly powerful to know that that is the control that we have. Right. That is our ability. We, we, we are the gatekeepers to our calendar. Yes. And too often we feel like, Oh man, my time is not my own, which is not the reason that a lot of us go in to start our own business. Exactly. Where we go, where I go, oh, I want to have the freedom. I want to do yes. all this stuff. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Correct. And then we look at our calendar and go, well, where do I fit into this? Sure. Or where does my family fit into this? Sure. And it can happen so easily. And I think anyone who's been in the industry longer than a year or two will see how that calendar is just a runaway train if you don't get out in front of it and it's all from good intentions it's it's great to be to be booked and to be in demand but you do for me it's a frequent um and i'm a work in progress it's a mm. frequent daily reminder of this is my business i started this for xyz reasons and like you said the um the enjoyment of being self-employed, the ability to to dictate my schedule to a certain extent. Now, you can't say no all the time to everyone or you will not have a business. Right. <laughs> but but um, it, it certainly is doable to run a full but comfortable pet sitting schedule mm-hmm. and um, and still be a present, attentive parent, still have a social life, still enjoy all the things. And I think um, burnout and um, struggling with setting boundaries is is frequently mentioned as um, as big problems in our industry, and the reason that perfectly good pet sitters quit because they just get to a point where the joy is gone. And um, I have I've never wanted um, to get to that point, so it's just a daily reminder to man I keep an eye on that for me it's counting you know how many visits I have on the schedule that day um I watch that number like stockbrokers watch the stock ticker (laughs) (laughs) it it is important to to know our limits and and a lot of us especially when we're just starting out we don't really know that or Uh or I think more importantly we don't know what's sustainable as a right. business. And right. that's where that's where I know even I get tripped up of, well, sure, I could do eight or I could do 16 mm-hmm. today, or but could I do that for the next month or could I do right. that for the next third? Then my 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 um actually Megan's Megan's folks ask us that question a lot of times going, mm-hmm. is this what you want for the next 30 years? Right. Is is and, and kind of keeping that mindset of mm-hmm. it's not just about today. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to do this for the next insert number of years right. if I want to, if I, if, if, if I want to be successful. Right. 
Right. So yeah, that's why mine has accordioned over the years back and forth and even season to season. Um, you know, a season can be as short as, you know, oh, we know these next few weeks are really going to be a crunch and a push or, you know, it can be looking at the next few months where you're either going to make the decision to really buckle down and focus and, and take on a good amount of work. Or if you need to look at your schedule and everything that's going on in family life and think, you know what, I need to pull back a little bit. Um, and I certainly, um, I don't, don't mean when you have clients already booked to contact them and say, mm, change my mind, can't do it. That's completely unprofessional. I would never do that. But that's why you um, keep up with what you're saying yes to. Well, so how do you know or what are some, some ideas or ways that you look at understanding what your current limit is? Because that's where I go, well, can I can I do one more? Is that okay? Uh-huh. Or kind of where uh-huh. does, how, how do you approach understanding how much is too much for you? Right. Well, I think just um, we develop a pretty good internal radar for that. The longer we do this, I can tell, um, for instance, um, just a normal standard weekday, 10 visits is totally comfortable for me. When I start getting at the 12 mark, I, and you wouldn't think that two visits would make that much of a difference, but at the 12 mark, I, that means I'm not really going to see my kids very much that day. And um, that's when things start to get a little hectic. You know, we do kind of have to buckle down for holiday seasons, those peak weeks of summer. Um, 15 is when the red flashing lights are on for me. Um, you know, in my younger years, when I first started, you know, when we when I first started um my business in Houston, it was in a totally different life season. 19 years ago, I was in my mid twenties, married, but childless. And man, I could do a marathon every day. I could do 22 visits in a day. I had, if I had 22 visits today with three children in my mid forties, I would want to cry. So (laughs) um, it's, it really does just um, depend on where your current life season is. I think it takes a good look at evaluating how you feel when you look at that calendar and you have 10 or 12 or 15 or 17 visits booked that day. Um, You know, we know we're like, you know, we know when we look at it, like, oh, who do I have today? How many? Okay. You know, piece of cake. Or we look at it and just think, oh my gosh, why did I let all of this pile on? Um, And I think that um that is magnified when you are running this business and also raising children um you know i know i know you and megan are parents um i have three kids i currently have a 15 year old son a 13 year old daughter and a 10 year old son and um you know i say i'm right smack dab in the middle um mm. we um we still have a lot of years ahead of us and they are just, they are at the activities age and none of them are driving yet. So everyone has something seems like every single day and that's fine. These are all good things, but um, it's not fair to our family schedule or to my health and sanity to think, well, I'm going to still take on 22 visits because that's what the clients want um, and be present for kids and activities and homework. And, um, just, I am also a firm believer in just downtime in family life, that calm time at home. You just, there's no replacement for that. Uh, so we are not a family that just runs, runs, runs. Um, so it's just that daily, that daily, um, tuning in to what feels right for, for where you are and a young single person. Sure. If you want to, if you want to burn that midnight oil for years, then fine, more power to you. I will be cheering you on, but that's not for me anymore. However, you know, it's still, this business is very much, you know, it's seven days a week and um, you know, just the year round, that, you know, when you've done it for even a short time, you get that it it never really lets up. So it's very much on us to run it and to manage it or else it will steamroll us. 
Yeah, I see those posts a lot of people who go, I haven't had a day off in six months, mm-hmm. seven months, or I haven't taken a vacation in five years. And that's a that's a that should be a warning to everybody of yes. this kind of industry will take your time. If you yes. open up time a little bit, it will take all of it, not just some of it. Right. All, all of it. And yes. it is and it is important to know. And I love that you mentioned, Jessica, about the importance of tuning in and staying mm-hmm. tuned in with yourself of, okay, let's say you did those 20 visits that day. At the end of the day, take, I mean, you, how did you feel? Were you oh. operating at your best? Awful. Um, you, no. I, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, uh, it's, you're, it's, it's terrible. And then to know I've got how many, then check in next morning. 5 a.m. when you're getting up to go sure. to that 6 a.m. And you've got to do it all over again. How yeah. do you feel? Right. And that's right. so and pinning it to how we are doing. And I also love how you mentioned, I mean, you had these of like at 12 visits, I know I'm not seeing my kids much. Mm-hmm. Pin it to something that's important to you. Right. So that when you see this number pop up, you immediately know. How, what, how it's going to start impacting your life because then right. you can start drawing those hard lines. Right, right. And I think, um, you know, I, um, being solo and my clients know that I'm solo and um, I am really, really fortunate to have a clientele that is heavy. I have a lot of type A planners. So Uh, they send me their requests months and months and months, sometimes up to a year in advance. And I am happy to get those dates on the schedule. I am not a fan and I am not a fit for the last minute Linda's that, you know, what's, uh, you know, want to leave for a two week trip starting tomorrow. And I, you know, I had my years early on where I would turn my, my schedule upside down to fit in requests like that. And I just don't do that anymore. Um, again, you know, it's not fair to my family and it's also just, none of us want to operate like that. I found I would take it, but I would be resentful of it the entire time. And that's not how we want to think (laughs) of our clients. And that's not, that's not how we want to operate. That's not why we got um, into this business. However, that client, I truly believe 95% of our clients are, are not difficult, manipulative people. However, if you always say yes to their last minute request, Uh they are going to think that's totally fine. And that's just how you operate. And, you know, we're packing, I guess I better book the pet sitter. So you have to, you know, it takes a few times with some of them of, of, you know, saying an unfortunate, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fully booked. Um, really difficult for me to take you on short notice. They'll figure it out, but, um, you know, it does take kind of training them by, by saying no, and they might move on, but in my experience, I have said no plenty of times and they still continue to ask. And generally with, you know, with improved notice. So it's very much one of those, we, we teach people how to treat us. It is, it is guys. I I mean, we have that that experience too of, man, why does this person always book? It's like, they're leaving today, right? (laughs) We had one, we we had one client who, who texted us. um, She had taken a last minute trip to Yellowstone and Texas after she was already on the road and driving. (sighs) And then like, yeah. And then like, it was like, what? Right. How, and really going, how did we end up here? Yes. And the truth was we had to take a hard look at our, yeah. what we had done and gone, well, we've always said yes. Right. Why, w- you, why wouldn't they do right. that? Right. You allowed it, it to, to, it, an, to an extent. And it's, it's hard to, to take those lessons on yourself. And we've all been there. We've yes. all been there. Yeah. And to, to go, okay, now, now, the next time this happens, going, okay, even if I have space to, to fit in, mm-hmm. I should probably say no, because I have to stop this. This is not respectful of me. Right. And that's not the kind of client that I ultimately want. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. 
and not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you're looking for new pet sitting software in the new year, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of this show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. No, absolutely. And, you know, those um, that uh, that tends to be more the um, the type of client that probably would be fine with using a, a last minute app based, um, you know, on demand pet sitter, you get who you get. And sure. that's simply not that's not what I offer. That's not um, what I want to offer. And so it's um, the planners tend to be my type A planners are the ones that I jive with the most. And then like my middays, you know, they're kind of on an established yet fluid on demand schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. My middays are not set in stone. Um, I have some that are on very regular schedules and others that let me know kind of week to week what that looks like, but it's um, very rarely is it last minute. Now I will never chastise someone or make them feel bad for asking, I will always take a look. And if it's a fit, then I'll say yes. But if it's not a fit, I have learned to say no and not lose any sleep over it. So how, how do you feel like, or, or how are you getting that I don't know, judge of character or what kind of person this is going to be when you're taking on a new client? Um, I, I mean, do you, how do you get a sense for that? Because we, we would all, I've, I think, would, would want clients to book us a year out or several months sure. out and not take the last minute one. So do you have a special, right. what's, what's your secret question you ask them to understand who they are, Jessica? <laughs> oh, that is actually a really good question. And I, I think, I think again, it just comes with, um, comes with experience. And I think we still, Mm. even, you know, even now 19 years in, I still will be blindsided with a client who, you know, appeared over email to be fantastic. And then you get there and it's kind of a train wreck or, I mean, there's just, you know, people are surprises, but, um, I think, um, when it comes to having a, uh, you need to have an onboarding system and that looks, that looks a little different for everyone. Um, you know, mine is a little more old fashioned because it's just me. Um, I'm not, um, I don't use an app. Um, I, I am, I still keep it pretty traditional, but, um, my clients, I really try to direct everyone to the website, to um, contact me via the web form. Mm. And that way, when that comes in, I can look at the dates they need, where they live, general description, and think about whether or not it's even a a good fit. Um, A tip that I learned actually from listening to this podcast um, several years ago, I found that, um, you know, I had just a general voicemail message that, you know, thank you for contacting Salina Prosper Pet sitting, um, you know, leave your message. I'll, I will get back with you. And I was getting so many just vague rambling voicemails, you know, saying, you know, oh, this is George Smith. I'd like more information about your pet sitting service. Will you call me back? And so then that was, you know, kind of a thing hanging over my head. Oh, I need to call this person back. I need to call them back. I need to call them back. And we would, um, you know, do phone tag a little bit. And then I would, I was, I found I was wasting a lot of time returning general information phone calls and hardly ever did it turn into a good client. Mm. Nine times out of 10, they didn't even understand what pet sitting was. I was getting, I was getting voicemails like, um, you know, you're a pet sitter. Um, we need to leave in the next two hours. What's your address so I can bring my dog over. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. That is not even do not show up at my doorstep. Um, I am constantly refining my website, I would say once or twice a year, I sit down and take a good look at um, trying to make sure um, addressing clearly what the service is, um, areas covered. I publish rates. I know that's that's kind of a controversial thing. Some people publish their rates. Some people do not. I don't want any surprises. I don't want to get 30 minutes into a phone call and find out that I'm way out of someone's budget. And this was just kind of a waste of time for both of us. I would rather have everything transparent. Um, but one tip that I learned from this podcast specifically about my voicemail was directing people where to go. So in my voicemail now, it probably 
borders on a little bit rude, but, you know, it basically says, I will not take inquiries over the phone. Mm. However, if you will, please visit my website, www.selinaprosperpetsitting.com, fill out the web form, and I will contact you that way. Um, So I do little to no business via phone call. And I feel like, um, you know, that may seem counterintuitive to to those people who are like, you should always answer your phone. I found like when I answered my phone on the fly, I was taking clients who weren't the best. Mm. I was agreeing to things that I probably wouldn't have if I had had all the information in front of me and been able to process it, been able to look at their dates, think, okay, this person lives in this neighborhood, but wait, I'm already booked on the other side of my service area for most of this. Does it even make sense to take this? So I'm more of a processor. I like to look at it and think about it before agreeing. So I really don't enjoy those on the fly phone conversations. And that has been something that has, um, by directing people where to go, I still respond to everyone, um, but it's after I've had a chance to look at what they're wanting. And so that's been a good filter for kind of um, weeding out the last minute people, the people that are just calling every number they can find, hoping someone will take this dog because they're leaving in two hours. Um, uh. <laughs> So, and I, I we've all been there. Calls. Oh yes, yes. It, yes. It, it, and you know, I hear a couple things as you're as you're talking about that, Jessica. In that, you know, the the how do we get clients that work within our systems? Well, you mm-hmm. start from step zero by putting them into your system, and right. if they're following that system, you know, okay, well, this person is already um, uh, you know amenable to how my company's processing. They already kind right. of understand what I'm doing here. It also has this. It's it takes a long time, right? When I get people who call and say. Hey, I need you to come over today to do yeah. XYZ. It's like, okay, well, um, may, even if we could, here's right. the 17 steps that we've yes. got to go through to make this actually happen. So it yes. delays that. And, and I really love how you said it allows you to process because yes. how many times do we get on a phone call? We hear the sob story. We mm-hmm. hear the person who's, you know, nervous or scared and we just start nodding our head. Right. And then all of a sudden, what we've done is we've committed ourselves to two weeks of care that starts tonight. Right. And we're not going to meet the dog. And we're like, well, how did I, right. what did I do? And so right. to, to kind of remove that emotion from it, read the facts that are in black and white text in uh-huh. front of you and go, okay, no, this is not a good fit. Because right. a lot of times we we take on these kind of clients because we, we're what? We feel guilty yes. that, that we're going to have to tell them no. Yes. Yes. And my my people pleaser comes out the most strongly when I've picked up a random phone call and... I want to be polite. And then when, by the time I hang up, I just found myself thinking, why did you just agree to that? So I really got away from that. I, and again, I know people who do a lot of business over the phone, that probably sounds like the dumbest, not growing your business tactic. But for me, um, I really want to see all that black and white information in front of me and think about it. And I still very much get back to people in a timely manner, but I want to think about it and um, you know, it's a thought out yes, or it's a thought out no. Yeah, because you want to be able to see everything within within its context. Because mm-hmm. I know I've taken phone calls and then gone, well, you know, thank you for your information. Um, I will be back in touch with you after right. I process this. And what does that client do? They go and they just start calling the next people on, right. the, on the Google list, the next person that they get in, get in touch with, and they're just going to go until they find a yes and just leave yes. you in the dust. And so, right. kind of that, like you know, it's their their problem is not my emergency. Right. I don't need to drop everything that I'm doing to now dedicate everything here. Not that we don't de- focus our attention on it, but right. like, look, like I I understand you're leaving today. I okay. have a process that I have to go through sure. so that I can make sure that we're a good fit. Sure. And I think that just comes with experience. You know, in the beginning, um, you know, I felt like I was just dying on the hill that is customer service. But really, Mm. when uh, customer service is not um, just being a doormat who agrees to anything that that person on the other end of the phone wants, Um, you know, nine times out of 10, they don't really even know what they want. So I have found it true. You know, instead of 
having, and you know, this can happen too at the meet and greet, you know, even if you've proceeded and you're like, okay, this is, I think this will be a, a, a good fit client when you get there. And they're like, well, we would, we would like you to come five times a day, um, you know, 6am, 10am, 1pm. And, you know, they're just going through when they want you. I, I don't do that. I reframe the conversation with here is what I can offer. And I have found that most pets, you know, in 19 years of experience, most pets do perfectly fine on XYZ schedule and um, frame it like that. Remember, this is your business and this is your schedule. And nine times out of 10, they are completely fine with here's what I can offer. And they're fine with fitting into that. But if you reframe it, or if you um, frame it from the beginning with letting them tell you exactly when they want you to come, um, they're also going to expect that every time. And when you mm. have um, you know, a schedule that's already full or it's a holiday or something like that, um, you know, it's also important to train clients to be willing to work within those window timeframes. So um, reasonable windows, not a five-hour window, but um, you know, a two-hour window for breakfast, um, you know, that kind of thing that makes it um, enjoyable for you so that you're not thinking, oh man, they're watching the clock, they're watching the cameras, it's 6.35, they wanted me there at 6.30. No, you can't sustain that long-term. So um, again, reframe it like this is what I can offer. These are the time frames, And I think in some instances, I've actually seen them kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Like, oh, this is, you know, this person knows what she's doing. This, this is the schedule. And I, I think Buster will be fine with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that, you know, that frees us up to, to work within that schedule of what we know works for us too. Yeah, I know there's a lot of different philosophies on the purpose of the meet and greet. I know there are a lot of sitters out there who who won't go to a meet and greet unless it's basically a done deal. And uh-huh. this is just kind of a formality that they go through. We still very much view our meet and greet as part of an interview process sure. of, of, no, I still do not have all of the information. We, uh-huh. are, we are going to be going through more things. I'm going to see the setup. I'm going to see everything, yeah. make sure that we're comfortable with how this yes. is going to play out. And right. I'll tell clients of like, you know, cause they go, Oh, I don't have any dates right now. Can I just book you when I need you? And it's like, well, look, I understand. You can try. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can try. But also I've, t- and I've told so many potential clients this, I don't want you to go through our process and then we find out that this actually isn't a good fit for everybody. So it's better to go through the process now to know now so that you are not leaving in a couple of days and you don't have somebody to care for your pets. So let's go ahead and do our due diligence in this process. And I know that may sound defeatist to some people, but we aren't a good fit for everybody. We just know that we're not. And it's better to get everything out there in the open as soon as possible and just Mm -hmm. let them know, this is still part of the interview for whether we are going to take you as a client on sure. and that that's okay. Yes. No. And I absolutely agree with that. And I am always willing to do a meet and greet and see, and, you know, even, um, even being dog people, um, you know, they're uh, most dogs take to me, but you know, there are cases that um, it, you know, I just wasn't getting, um, the right energy from the dog, or even looking around, you know, just being in a client's home, you just kind of get a feel for that. And I really think while I'm sitting there, okay, is this a home I'm going to want to spend a lot of time in? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done a handful of uh, meet and greets that I could tell right off the bat, we were not at all aligned on what quality pet care looked like. Yeah. I, I finished the meet and greet, but kept it short, kept it polite. And then, um, declined it in writing after, um, after thinking about it, you know, later that day or whatever. Yeah. Cause again, we we feel again, just like some of the, the, the dangers of taking that phone call. Now I'm staring somebody in the face and they're, they're going to yes. ask me, okay, you want to take this on? Like, okay. Right. Like, what are we, Oh, I got uh, uh, uh. Right. All we, all we have to say is it's been a pleasure meeting you and Baxter. Mm-hmm. We'll be reviewing your information and we'll be in touch within X number of hours, right? Yes. 24 hours or like that's, right. that's, that's all we need to say. And right. Then, right. then we can remove ourselves from that emotional situation. Mm-hmm. We can look at it in an impartial manner and go factually mm-hmm. again, 
is this still something that I want to do? And then we can send that that message. After further right. review of your information, we are not a good fit. Right. We recommend you reach out to XYZ if you have somebody you can refer them to. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you just say, you know, yeah. best of luck on your search for Peck. Yes. And they will figure it out and the world will keep turning. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, even um, I've gotten um, more limited in even the times that I will offer a meet and greet. Again, it's one of those don't let the client dictate when they want you to come. Um, so, I have found I um, I don't offer uh, meet and greets on weekends anymore mm. because that's when my kids are home. Um, I try as much as possible to schedule meet and greets during the school day. Now that's not possible for you know for those clients that work out of the home. If we absolutely need to do like a weeknight dinner time meet and greet, I will. But again, um, that's one of those. Offer it to them like I typically offer meet and greets at 10 a.m. or 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Will any of that work for you? Yes. Instead of saying, you know, hey, can you can you come Saturday at three and you agree to it because it's what they said. But really, you're thinking, well, that means now I'm going to miss my kids soccer game or, you know, again, just um, you're the one in the driver's seat. So offer offer openings that you have versus letting the client boss that around. Oh, it's, it's such a game changer to be able to say, okay, great. Now it's a part in the process where we schedule a meet and greet. I told you mm-hmm. we need to do this in the initial part, right? Cause I know I'm explaining to everything along the way. Here are the options. Right. Go instead mm-hmm. of going uh, any, seven days a week, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sure, you, yeah. you pick, go ahead. What works for you? Because it, then it's like, oh, can I do Tuesday? Like, oh, no, I'm walking a dog on Tuesday afternoon. Okay, mm-hmm. we do Wednesday. Well, actually, Wednesday, I've got the. No, you set the times. And then it also helps you have more understanding of what that week's going to look like. Going back to how we look at our calendar, going, no, I'm not going to fill these two days or time slots with anything else because. Those are those are meet and greet times, right, and then right. I offer offer the flexibility if those can't work, and then I'm still going. Okay, well, here's my option C and D, and they're still kind of locked in. Pat Perennials makes it easy to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct consumer gift model that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift for each our client or employee on our behalf. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They also offer an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and welcome new and rescued pets. Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client or celebrate a pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business gift perks account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package prices. The service is used on an as-need basis, so there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchases. Learn more at PetPerennials.com, check out their business program, or register for that free gift perks account by using the link in the show notes. So you uh, you mentioned that you had started in Houston and then yes. moved to Dallas. I, I am interested about this because many people make this transition in their <laughs> life where they start a business somewhere and then for whatever reason, you know, they they move, uh, they go with family or uh-huh. they, they need to get to somewhere else. How did you make that transition with your business from Houston to Dallas? Sure, sure. So um, the Houston business was a long time ago. Like I mentioned, it was 19 years ago, 2004. So the industry, um, you know, I was... PSI and and all the bells and whistles back then, even it looked different. Um, it was a lot smaller, um, but it uh, professional pet sitting did exist even back then. And um, my husband and I actually, uh, it was in the beginning. It was actually his idea. I um, I have a background in children's ministry, and so I I had a full time. Um, children's ministry job. And he has always been um, a corporate marketing guy. And um, he was interested in just uh, dipping his toes into the entrepreneurial um, spirit, you know, seeing if we could get a little a little side gig going. You know, we were in our mid-20s and childless and had lots of time and energy. And um, he started doing the research, you know, we knew we were crazy about dogs and mm-hmm. um, it seemed like kind of a fun thing, kind of no harm, no foul. Like, let's start this. 
give it six months, see if we get any clients. And um, of course, we know we know how that goes. Once the word is out, um, within six months, I was looking at resigning from my children's ministry job and mm. um, took off full time and uh, began hiring shortly thereafter. Um, so it's just one of those the the uh, clientele grew very organically. And of course, you know, learning all the rookie mistakes along the way that all of us make and experience as the best teacher. So I guarantee you any any mistake you could mention, I have probably made it. Um, you know, I think we all, we, we all just, uh, that's, that's how we learn. Um, so about five years into that business, um, we, uh, were ready to start our family and, um, I, my, our first son was about to be born and, um, it also coincided with, this is um, this was the time that we were looking at moving from Houston to Dallas for my husband's job. Um, so it it just it just kind of dovetailed nicely that um, it was the right time to make that transition. Um, looking back, I did not sell my business. I sure wish that I had, <laughs> hmm. but at the time, um, you know, I was really um, just looking forward to being home with my baby. And um, I wanted more than anything for my clients to feel taken care of. I wanted my um, the five staff that I had to, um, to have jobs with my colleagues if they wanted to keep doing that. So I had um, three or four local colleagues that I had good relationships with and um, basically just kind of broke my client list up and um, each of those companies absorbed um, a portion of clients and um, they also were interested in um, having my staff come work for them because, you know, they had proven to be good workers for me. Um, So, you know, anyone who's hiring, if you hear about a a good, reliable pet sitter, you know, you want to get their number. (laughs) So, um, so that made for a good transition. I simply closed my business rather than um, rather than selling it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, at the time, I was really just just ready to to settle into motherhood. Um, so we moved from Houston to Dallas, and um, so during that time, I mostly focused on my children. So we had my son. Then two and a half years later, we welcomed a daughter. Two and a half years later. After that, we uh, we uh, welcomed another son. So we, you know, for that decade, I was quite busy. We refer to that as the decade of diapers. But um, I still continued to work in small ways that made sense to me. You know, I mentioned I uh, I did some independent contractor work. Mm. Um, that was um, nice to be able to go in with um, a couple of local sitters who were solo, but, you know, had that, had that heavy feeling like, oh, I can't step away from my business for, you know, I want to take a vacation, but I don't have anyone to take over. And I'm, you know, I'm over here raising my hand, like, Hey, I would, I would love to arrange childcare for a week and take a break from, from mom, mommy life. And, Hmm. um, and you don't even have to train me because I already know what I'm doing. So, um, (laughs) so that was, um, that was really, um, I think beneficial for both um, my colleague friends who who really wanted to step away um, and um, nice for me to be able to get out of the house and enjoy, um, enjoy pet sitting kind of once a pet sitter, always a pet sitter. It really is mm. like riding a bike. You don't forget how to do it. You don't forget how to do a good job with it. Um, so I had that, I had a few um, neighborhood clients, church friends, you know, that um, I, was able to, um, you know, handle small trips for them and things like that. It was never on my heart to continue to run a full-time pet sitting business while also juggling young children. Um, I never wanted to take them with me. Number one, that's an insurance violation. Number two, if you've ever had a child with you on a pet sit, it doesn't go very well. (laughs) It it hasn't with me anyway. Um, Right your attention is not going to be on the pets. It opens up 
you know, so many things can happen. Kids are not quick to get in and out of the door. Um, you know, just all of the, um, I think as good professional pet sitters, we are always thinking from a risk management standpoint, or we should be. So we are thinking about, um, how do we prevent escape? How do we present, how do we prevent a bite? Um, you know, a good number of my client dogs are not accustomed to children. So um, Mm. it was never, um, you know, I hear that and you see that from hobby sitters that, Oh, my kids and I would love to come check on your dog for a week. Well, that probably isn't going to work. And, you know, are you going to get a baby? Are you going to get a sleeping baby out of bed at 6am to go do a pet sit? I didn't want to do that. So um I kept it small and manageable. Um, and then when my youngest son went to kindergarten, it was just a great time to open the floodgates and go full time again. So um, that was um, that was 2018, 2019. And um, having already launched the Houston business, it was the easiest thing in the world to restart again because I could skip mm. all the rookie mistakes. Um, it was just, it was so easy. Um, I built a really solid website that was really optimized and caught all of the search engine words. I kept my business name really simple. Um, it's not anything flashy. It is Salina Prosper Pet Sitting, which are that's the two towns that I cover. So when someone is logging on to the internet, searching Salina Pet Sitter, I'm the first one that pops up. So, you know, just things like that, that you learn the tricks of the trade, the longer you do it. Um, I have social media pages, but it it's really not, um, I don't enjoy spending a lot of time on that. So my social media is not flashy um, at all, but, you know, just one of those, it was just really easy to get reestablished. Google is king. So if your website is good and you have a good Google listing, you know, you're going to pop up. Um, and again, I just, you know, I knew to have those systems in place and have a web form and, um, just things that, that made it a little more fluid and and not so bumpy. Um, so it's been just one of those, you know, I, I spend pretty much no time following local social media, you know, responding to, you know, when people say they are looking for a pet sitter, you know, I don't even respond to those. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of times those are the hobby sitters that hop on that anyway. Um, but yeah, it was just really easy to get started again. And I think too, um, we're just at a, a point in, um, you know, in our current society where in where, where quality pet care is so in demand and um, people are more than willing to pay for it. And um, it, it just was not difficult to get started again. We also live um, in an area that is very quickly growing residentially. So there's a huge influx of population growth and has been for the last five years and will be the projections are for at least the next five years. So Mm. there truly there's more demand than there are good people to meet that right now. So staying full has not been difficult at all. Well, and I know on your website, you you do a couple of things that I, I really haven't seen before. Um, one of them is you quote your pricing per day, even though uh-huh. you're doing multiple visits. And, and I was curious right. why you started doing this or kind of how that came about. Um, I've been pretty lucky. I've never had too much pushback um, on rates, but Number one, people don't listen and they don't read. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> I wanted to make it as clear as possible. Um, in you know, hopefully directing them to the website in the first place. Um, that these are the rates. So you realize if you are booking me for three visits a day, that is $25 per visit. per day um, just to make it as black and white clear as possible um, so that they are again, so that you're not wasting time on the meet and greet. I certainly understand that we are in a time of, of economic 
crunch and economic difficulty. And it may not be in a family's budget to pay $75 a day for pet care. Um, But that's where, two, it's really important to differentiate your professional presence from the hobby sitters who will do a day for $25. Um, You know, you don't want to waste anyone's time, um, either our own or the client, if this is simply something that's not within their budget. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to address that right away. And even, um, I just like to have it all black and white. So if they know without even contacting me that I am out of their price range, that's fine. I understand. But, you know, just so there are no surprises about that. I never want anyone to be shocked by their bill. And I had, I had no idea that it would cost that much. Well, you know, it's, it's right there in black and white. Well, and especially in a world where if people are accustomed to paying a, a nightly rate or a daily rate for a boarding, a kennel, a, some, mm-hmm. some facility mm-hmm. to be able to kind of immediately set those up to say, no, like it kind of using the, the client's own lingo, basically right. back at them of going, Okay, you you ask for per day because uh, you know then we have to say well it's it's per visit so it depends on how many visits you want per day right. blah, blah blah just just tell them you have to do the math for mm. them because you're right people yes. don't read they hear what they want to hear right. <laughs> yes I mean I've I, I mean I've I even had a conversation where it was felt like it was a who's on first conversation where uh-huh. I was saying I was like okay it's and for that kind of visit it's it's twenty seven dollars each time we come over and she goes okay so it doesn't matter how many times you come over it's still twenty seven dollars and I was no. like no 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 right. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah so I think that's where that that clarity really comes out uh, to just put that right back in front of them and go, no, he, here is exactly what this means for you. So there is no sticker right. shock at the end of it. Yes. Yes. And I think you have to cover it a number of times. You know, it's minor is posted black and white on the website. It is something when they submit the web form and I establish contact back with them, I will quote the rate again. And then at the meet and greet, I will quote the rate again, just so it's completely transparent. Well, because you also have a, a section of your FAQs about kind of addressing cheaper options that people mm-hmm. may come up with. And, and why is this something that you think is is important or kind of what does that, what do you think that tells the client as they're looking at your website? Right. Um, well, you know, it's never about um, any of us, you know, we're not price gouging. Um one of those, you know, completely unhelpful phone calls that I mentioned early on in my business when I was still just returning random requests for information. I remember I had spent 30 minutes on the phone with this lady and it wasn't going anywhere. And then when we got to rates and I started telling her my rates, which are very much in line, I'm actually on the slightly lower end of uh, professionals in this area. Um her exact comment was, well, wow, you're just raking it in. And I'm thinking, yep, I'm, I'm the pet sitter over here, just rolling in my millions. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, in, in our area, and I really think it's probably like this um, nationwide, there are a lot of hobby sitters. And with local social media being the place where um, a lot of um, potential clients, whether they be potential good clients or bad clients, you know, that will be there. They'll hop on next door or they'll hop on their neighborhood Facebook page and say, you know, looking for a pet sitter and Mm -hmm. 10 people will respond with, Oh, I pet sit for, you know, I pet sit um, on the weekends or, Oh, my daughter will do it. She'll be home from college. And, you know, people volunteering their teenagers who will, who will do it for $10 a visit. Um, But, you know, I try to caution people, you are very much getting what you pay for. And um, all of the things that set us apart as professionals, our insurance, our years of experience, our our contract, um, all of those things that set us apart. And really that muscle that we have developed over the years of thinking like risk managers, we have learned from experience how to prevent the horror stories that we hear of 
Um, I mean, you see it all the time, especially, you know, it seems like it peaks at holidays. Um, you know, our pet sitter, and I'm saying that with air quotes, our pet sitter um, left the dog in the yard and he dug out. And, you know, there was a tragic story just uh, just last week here of same thing, a hobby pet sitter that um, the dog had gotten away from and it got to the nearest highway and was killed. And uh, it would, I mean, but you hear things like that all the time. So um, I think with a professional website, when people meet you and you convey that professional presence, um, we don't really have to work too hard to sell our rates, all of those things um, you know, being insured and just all of those extra steps that we take to think like risk managers um, really set us apart. I'm glad that you talked about risk managers and and kind of that relationship to the holiday times. And, and that's when yes. more people are traveling than ever. And yes. so the, the demand is really high. So a lot of people pile into the market mm-hmm. without really vetting appropriately and understanding what they are what they what they are getting into and kind of right. where their own limits are. And it's prudent upon us to, as the professionals, as people who take this seriously, just to continue to stick to those processes, just like we talked about of okay, yes. I understand you need us over Christmas and that's in a week. You know, shocker, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas <laughs> came again this year. I know. Yes, like, I know. <laughs> but Thanksgiving's but, on a Thursday. I Thanksgiving know. <laughs> on a Thursday. I, oh, do you, uh, real, real side, Jessica, do you get those phone calls from people who are, or, or requests who are like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm traveling uh, Thursday through Saturday of this yes. week? And you're like, yes. is it Thanksgiving? Is it, are you traveling Thanksgiving? That's, mm-hmm. wow, who knew? Anyway. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. But, but going, this allows us to pause, to be mm-hmm. deliberate and intentional about what we're taking on and right. just encouraging everybody to do that as well in their own business. Yes. Yes. And I think that's one of those iron sharpens iron things where if we continue to set ourselves apart as professionals, um, you know, those best clients, the ones that we are going to want year over year over year, they know our value. And it's not even an income thing because some of my best clients are living on very modest incomes, but they love yeah. their pets and it's important. So they budget that portion of pet care to pay for professional quality pet care. Um, so the hobby sitters, and I'm not knocking hobby sitters, everyone starts somewhere. And I absolutely think that a great pet sitter can be born out of someone that starts doing it part-time in college and figures out that they really love it. So I'm not knocking the hobby sitters. Um, But there are a lot that take it on with zero thoughts thinking, yeah, I need to make some extra money. How hard could it be? Like this, uh, this sounds easy. This sounds fun. Sure. I'll check on your dog over Christmas. And before we know it, a horror story has happened because they're just not, they're just not thinking about all those things that could go wrong. And, you know, I've told my clients, you know, I, I, I've told them, you know, I'm really not a pessimist. I'm just thinking of the 25 things that could go wrong here. And it's my job to prevent those. Well, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and talking to us about balancing these demands, how we can say no without that guilt and setting those strong boundaries without feeling like we're doing anything wrong. And that's actually really healthy for us so that we can have staying power in the industry. Um, I know that there's an, an awful lot more here uh, that goes on. So um, if people who want to reach out with you, get connected, follow along with everything that you do, uh, how best can they do that? Fairly responsive on Facebook Messenger, just um, just by my name, Jessica Stavros. Um, my Instagram account is Celina Prosper Pet. So that is C-E-L-I-N-A-P-R-O-S-P-E-R-P-E-T. Um, and yeah, so those, those two platforms are probably the easiest way um, to get me. Um, don't call because I won't answer my phone. <laughs> that will go to the voicemail directing you to the website. Um, but uh, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really um, have enjoyed talking with you today. Jessica, thank you so much yes. for coming on the show today and talking about that. It's been a lot of fun and I really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you very much. 
your calendar will be a runaway train unless you get in front of it. What are you doing today to set yourself up for success tomorrow? Open up your calendar app on your phone. Go grab the paper planner that you have on your desk or in your car. Hopefully you know where that is. Go grab that. Look at both of those and see and ask yourself, is this how I want to be spending my time? Is this where I need to be spending my time? Yes, we recognize at the end of the day, we all have to dedicate time to doing the work and the visit. That is why we got into doing this. But are you doing that work in a way that is satisfying and fulfilling to you and the rest of your life? Look at your calendar. What are you sacrificing to make it work? What are you putting off until tomorrow so that you can take care of your things today? It's not always easy to make those decisions or those distinctions, but we must do that if we are to have balance and be sustainable in this business. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. Thank <laughs> you.